Welcome to the Darling Girls Podcast, hosted by Jenny Lundstrom and Grace Fedorchak, two mid-20 single gals with a long-distance friendship and a passion for personal growth. Listen along as we chat about life, wellness, and everything in between, because we're all just on a journey to be our best selves. Stay darling. Happy Sunday, darling girls. Happy Sunday, Grace. Happy Sunday, Ginny. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are you? I am great today. I know you are. <laughs> I, uh, I actually ate dinner before us filming this time, so I'm full stomach. Happy girl. What'd you have? Um, Bonnie made like this like pasta bolognese. I made a stir fry. I've been making a lot of stir fries. It was really good too. I saw that. That looked really good. So good. It was actually like a lot of food too. So I had like, you know how long it takes me to eat? It took me like 35, th- over 30 minutes to eat. <laughs> yeah. You, that was good. Grace does eat really slow. It's really good for you. When I'm eating with you, I eat really slow or slower, not as slow as you, but slower because I'm conscious of the fact that you're eating slow. <laughs> and it, like, I always feel much better after because I'm not scarfing it down like it's my last meal on earth. I know people always comment on how slow I eat, which is funny because I didn't used to be that way, but it definitely is good for you. So if anybody's having digestion problems, it's a key tip for you. It is. Because imagine, like, imagine you just like, I don't know, like, what's a good analogy for like eating really fast? You're just dumping like a bunch of well, food randomly. Not only are you, you're not chewing it enough, number one. Number two, when you eat fast, your body is probably not in like rest and digest mode. So you need to like, I try to like take a deep breath. (laughs) Like eating needs to be a ritual. You need to relax and need to eat slow. Yeah. I need to work on that. I'll help you. Sometimes I get like, I I get my little habits from you and then I just like completely. It takes a while to like actually keep up with things. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about boundaries. Boundaries. This is something that Ginny and I love to chat about all the time it's our best friend boundaries yes honestly. really is never lets us down <laughs> no and i i am um you i don't know i don't know if you're you would agree with this but i'm very very new at boundaries in every aspect work personal even with myself setting like setting boundaries myself it just ha- wasn't something that i was doing because i am quite a people pleaser and it's hard for me to, I guess, just, I don't want to disappoint anybody. And that's, you know, usually one of the main reasons people don't have boundaries is because they're people pleasers and they don't want to hurt feelings or, you know, all that, all that jazz, but it's, it's been really helpful for me. And I also feel like my life has been so much smoother and just like, I don't know. I guess I've also gotten some more like faith in myself a little bit of like trusting myself and confidence in my choices and actions. So that also helps with boundaries. Cause if you don't really believe yourself, then you're probably not going to do the work to set the boundaries. So that's true. I remember when we first became friends and I had to have a few chats with you about boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's been a work in progress. Yeah. And I feel like I definitely obviously haven't always been great at them in every aspect of life because obviously I think of it as like you have boundaries and, you know, your personal life, you have your work boundaries, you have family boundaries, which are 
tough, probably the toughest, honestly. Um, but when it comes to work, I feel as if I've always been very good at having boundaries. Yeah. And I haven't, I, yeah, it's, it's taken me a really long time to kind of have enough confidence in my work and in myself that I can kind of start to see like, oh, it's not, it's not them helping me out by giving me a job. Like I am there to help them. I'm doing work for them. But when you're first out of college or first in jobs, it can be hard because you don't feel that way. Like imposter syndrome is real, especially in, in work, you know, situations. So I have gone a really long time feeling like I'm not supposed to be there a little bit, like, Ooh, at any moment, they're all going to realize that I suck. And I, <laughs> and so I wasn't setting boundaries. I was saying yes to everything. I was just kind of being the little errand girl and it wears on you. It wears on your brain. It wears on your physical state, just everything. So work boundaries are really important. Should we just start right away with work boundaries? Should we just talk about them? I feel like we should. I mean, yeah. we kind of defined what our healthy boundaries help you. We could probably talk about one so, thing is when, how do you know when you need to set boundaries in any aspect of life? So I would say that like, for me, at least one of the, my biggest telltale signs of needing a boundary is when I start to feel resentful mm-hmm. and this can be in any aspect with roommates or your family again, or uh, any, honestly, any, any aspect, but when you start to feel resentful and you feel that like icky feeling in your, in your heart and you're just frustrated and annoyed at somebody, it's going to make you the worst version of yourself. And most of the time when you're annoyed or feeling resentful, it's because you feel like you're getting walked all over and, or not listened to or not heard. Um, and one of the best cures for that is to learn how to set a healthy boundary. It doesn't have to be, you know, fight. It doesn't have to be a confrontation. I mean, sometimes it does, but you know, there, there are ways you can set tiny, healthy boundaries that kind of can start to build up. And then you start feeling more confident in yourself. You start more feeling less burnt out and yes, you're going to feel hundred percent better when you start to realize like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I can set this boundary and it, it's going to be uncomfortable for other people because everybody wants you to not set boundaries because when you set boundaries, that's, you know, that's less helpful for them. So, you know, if you get pushback from your family or your friends or work, it, if you're setting it in the right way and it is actually a healthy boundary, you, you just can't feel guilty about it because you're doing what's best for you. Yes. So you have to be clear and you have to be consistent because Mm -hmm. if you're not consistent, then nobody's going to take you seriously. But I love what you said back to, so resentful, that's how you mostly feel, which is probably the same for me. But when you mentioned being burnt out, Mm. that's when I know that when I go to bed at night and I'm feeling like I'm putting my energy in places where it's not really like filling my cup, I know that I'm not placing the right boundaries just in every aspect. So I think feeling resentful, number one, feeling burnt out, number two, and then you had to figure out, okay, so like where, what's going on? Where do I need to put boundaries? So yeah, it's a good start to the combo. I feel yeah. like. No, it's really true. If you yeah. can learn to set healthy boundaries, why not? Why not yeah. do it? 
they're important. 25 years to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they're important to becoming an adult because you have to understand what makes you happy and what doesn't. And you just, it's key. It's the key to the, finding. Yeah, it's like one of the ultimate self-care things you can do for your Yes. And honestly, it's probably one of the toughest. So true. It's not as easy as lighting a candle or taking a bath. It's not, but it's it much helps harder. Yeah. Other yeah. people involved. So then back to the work um, portion of it, setting healthy boundaries at work is very important. I feel as if when I first met Jenny, she was constantly feeling burnt out and walked all over and uh, I had to help her a lot with that because not that I'm an expert at it, but I know that feeling and I felt as if I could see that she was being a little bit abused. So treat yourself like you would treat somebody that you love. Like the way that I talk to Jenny and I say, why are you, you know, taking on too much work than you're capable of doing in a day? So if you're doing that and you feel as if you're being a little bit taken advantage of, then there's something that you need to do. Like there's a next step that needs to be had. You can't go to work every day feeling overwhelmed and taken advantage of. And at the end of the day, like you're, you're absolutely so overwhelmed that you're breaking out knives. Yeah. So I said, I mean, there's, then you need to, okay. So then what's the next step? Go to your superior. And so you need to what say, are some okay. examples of what are some examples of, of getting, um, of not having boundaries at work can be th- some small things I can think of as working overtime or yes, working overtime without being paid without being paid. Yeah. Too. Um, too much on your plate that kind of comes hand in hand with being a yes person and saying yes, yeah. to that you can't handle. And then just like lack of communication can really be one. And yeah. Like, do you have deadlines that you feel like are unrealistic and are you communicating that they aren't realistic? Yeah. I hear that a lot. And that blows my mind because I think if you see this deadline and you don't feel as if it's realistic and you feel like your plate is too full, why are you not speaking up for yourself? It just drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah. No, that's so know. true. So true. Um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So small examples are like things like that. So um, what would be your advice or whenever I came to you or anyone else comes to you about, you know, work boundaries, what, what is your go-to advice? Well, I always, you have to understand the situation. Obviously everyone's work situation is different. So I have a lot of freedom in how much work I do and what I get done and when, but, um, an example for people that have deadlines that don't feel realistic, I feel as if there just needs to be more communication. So go to the person that you're supposed to report to, Hey, this doesn't feel realistic because this is what's expected of me. And then like, I always say, have an actual list written down that you can give to them. This is what you expect of me. This is my timeline. This is why it's not realistic. Can we allocate these jobs differently? Because sometimes your superior doesn't really understand the actual job that they're giving in relation to the, yeah, yeah, like all the, the, all the other things that are involved. And so sometimes it's, oh, okay, well, you're right. Maybe this would get done more efficiently if we did it this way. So, you know, just because somebody else is in charge doesn't mean that you can't speak up and give your opinion on how it can be done better, more efficiently and without making everyone want to freak out. Mm-hmm. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so good. Yeah. It's a lot of like when you're not setting boundaries is like 
literally just saying no, not being able to say no and not being able to stick up for yourself again. Like that's where the kind of like confidence in yourself and you have to, you have to like trust yourself and believe that you're meant to be there and you're, you are helpful and you are so like, you are the best person for the job. You have to believe that. I was not believing that for the longest time, but yes, like communication with bosses or coworkers is so essential as well, because nobody can read minds. And that was another thing that I struggle with. I think I still just really struggle with it to this day, but I'll just think I know that my boss or my coworkers know how much is on my plate or they don't care about how much is on my plate and they're still adding to it. But how do they know? Like, no, they they just don't know. So that's another thing too, is like taking a step back and being like, this person has no idea that I'm bothered by this because I haven't said anything. Or if I have said something, it's been snippy and sassy and frustrated and hasn't been very nice. And so, yeah, anyways, I like that advice for work. And it really, it really does come down to kind of knowing what you can take on a lot of when you're working too, is just like figuring out what you like takes a while. And if you aren't enjoying an aspect of your job, sometimes bosses are flexible with like, okay, like we, you're not liking how this is going right now. So how can we kind of fix it? That's really what bosses are there for. I'm learning. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, most people on earth are not out to get you. Most people on earth want what's best for you. Most people on earth, you know, just aren't going to be like, oh, that makes them miserable. Let me just keep making them do it. (laughs) Obviously, if it's your like daily tasks of like the job that you got hired for, then yeah, you have to do it. You got to, you got to suck it up. But, um, but also this is a random side thing. I just remembered. I just had to take a, it wasn't a personality test. It was called the coat. Kobe index or something. Oh yeah. I think it was the Kobe index. So it, it kind of laid out the way that I work best and most, most efficiently. And the woman called me after I took it and she kind of went over, okay, so this is the structure of how you get things done day to day. This is how you may be different from other people in your workspace. And she kind of explained how, um, So if I was Ginny's boss and I worked in a way that I throw out a billion ideas instead of giving Ginny an exact to-do list, Ginny might feel very overwhelmed because she's more of an, okay, I need an exact to-do list that's actually reasonable. So you're not really breaking this down in a way that makes sense to me and how you work. So if you, what? I have a story after you're done. Okay. So pretty much what you have to understand is that people work differently. So somebody could be your, like, I could be your boss and I could be like having 17 different million really big abstract ideas. And I could be throwing them at you. And then you're looking at me overwhelmed as if I have three heads and you're the kind of person that needs a, okay, what do you want done? What's my timeline? Break it down day to day. Yes. Okay. So at a company I interned for, it was a, it's a, a big, you know, corporate company, but I didn't really know. I was just out of college and I was getting an internship and I didn't, I had heard this was a good place to work, but I didn't know what me- what made a good workplace. And as I look back now on that experience, I'm like, oh my gosh, they really cared. So it was interesting because they had a whole department for all employees and all teams. You could book classes 
with these two learning and development women who that was their job was to make classes and you could do them with your team. So you learned everyone's strengths and weaknesses. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, that is so cool because that's such a good idea. It's such a good team bonding exercise because you just don't know what, how everyone works or how their mind thinks about things or, you know, whatever it is. So that's actually a really cool if you guys are ever looking for kind of a book or audiobook or whatever to go more in depth with that is, oh, I think it's called Strength Finder or something like that. Wait. And it's basically a book about finding your strengths because a lot of people in work will, yeah, it's called Strength Finder. Um, and a lot of people will go through life feeling like, oh, I'm not, I'm not super good at this. So they focus on that. Um, whether it be internally or whether it be your boss being like, oh, you misspelt this word. So, you know, focusing on the negative all the time, um, learning what your strengths are is really important because when you start to focus on what you are good at, instead of focusing on what you're bad at, trying to fix what you're bad at and just like going for what you're good at work will be 10 times easier because you're, you're doing what you're good at. You're doing what you're naturally good at. So Strength Finder is cool. It comes with a, a test, kind of like what Grace was saying, points out your strengths from, I don't know how many questions. There was kind of a lot, but any, yeah, the, any co- the Kobe of- index was like blowing my mind, <laughs> but at the end of it, it actually really, because I'm already so self-aware that the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like Wait, I come in every day and I make a list and I make a list below that list and I have 17 <laughs> lists. <laughs> Wait, so when, is that in that test, do you do like, is it like, two things and then you you slide the bar to like which one you're more or like what is how is it laid out so you don't slide the bar but it's you rate everything least likely or most likely and there's like five words it was very weird oh dang but it was only 20 or 30 questions but they were very weird interesting I'll have to do that it was interesting I would I would honestly recommend it because I mean it was definitely just solidifying what I already knew about myself, but it helped to talk to that woman and her to say, do you sometimes, cause she said, do you sometimes feel like you have decision fatigue at the end of the day? And I said, absolutely. And she gave an example, like my husband says I have the same thing. And I was like, well, I don't have a family to take care of, you know, when yeah. I get home and to make dinner for, or to take care of children, but that makes sense. And that's good to know for the future, because if I all day long, the way that I've been working really burns me out. And then I have decision fatigue at the end of the day. I have no more energy for anything in the afternoon, which makes so much sense. And that's exactly like, oh, how I feel. What am I going to cook for dinner? I can't make, and that's why I have to have a total like meal plan that takes five seconds because I just have no more brain power at the end of the day. Yeah. So I love knowing that, like, I love learning more things about myself. I think it's fun. Yeah. That, that yeah. You're never going to regret learning more about yourself because you know, we're such complex creatures. We really are. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, that's a good, that was a good work uh, conversation. And then we could move on to, I think family is another one that's very tough. Yeah. Family is hard because you're closer with your family. So sometimes you can find that your boundaries aren't being respected and you don't even really realize it, but you're starting to feel irritated or whatever again. And it's because your family is comfortable with you and they love you and they want what's best for you. But sometimes they don't know what's best for you. 
And I personally have struggled a lot with my family because I just really have a lot of love for everybody. And so, but then also too, like I can be sassier and um, more stubborn with my family members because I am closer to them. That's true. So yeah. And then, so it's like kind of finding the balance of like being stern, but also being nice about it so that they respect you and respect what you're saying. And sometimes people just aren't good listeners and that can be hard too. Um, That's so true. I understand the sassy part a lot because I feel as if like going from college into adulthood, it was really hard to cut the, I feel like if I'm in a bad mood or if I'm having a tough time with my family, that's the first, the first group of people I'm going to lash out at. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to be really mean to my mom. I'm going to scream at Tucker, my brother. And it's funny because I could be a whole different person with them because I love them and they love me. And like, I'm very close to my family, but also if I need to, you know, have the relationship that I want to have with them, you have to realize that you just set the boundaries, be respectful, and you'll have an even better relationship without lashing out like a crazy person. Yeah. So kind of an example that I have <laughs> last time we ended, last time we ended the podcast, Grace was like, Oh my God, Jenny, my lips were so chapped. I, I was going to go get chaps. I was like, why didn't you just go get chapstick? Like it would have been fine. She was like, Oh my God. I'm so, it was like, you were SpongeBob and you were like, water. <laughs> I just slowly pulled out chapstick. She like was trying to find a time to like duck her head and like put the chapstick on. Um, okay. Okay. Moving on. So, um, when I was growing up, I like, so my mom is one of seven, so I have 20 cousins on one side, just on one side. I have like 28 cousins in total, which is another another story for a different day. But (laughs) my mom has a lot of brothers and sisters, and that means I have a lot of cousins and my mom's family is very much like the more, the merrier. Let's hang out every day, every minute of every day, forever. Let's live together. Let's cook together. Let's clean together. Like they just really want to be together at all times, which is really sweet. And I freaking love it. But growing up, especially when I was going through high school and I was like, kind of just go, like wanted to do my own thing, wanted to be with friends, awkward, just, you know, hormones, whatever. Um, I really struggled with saying no to things like. I would feel like when an uncle or aunt would reach out and be like, let's do this. Or when a cousin would reach out and be like, can we do this? I would always say yes. And it was making me really irritated at them. And finally, my mom, like one day was just like, you know, you're literally holding so much resentment and like irritation towards the situation. And they don't even know that you're feeling that way. Like they just think, oh, the more the merrier. And also they don't give it a second thought. Like if you do say no, they'll be fine. I don't know why you feel like you have to say yes. And I was like, my mind just like exploded. I was like, whoa, you're right. Like they, most of the time, like people don't care that much. Like when it comes to work, yeah. Okay. Whatever. But when it comes to like personal life, like I personally, I know some people can be like really, I guess, mad if people cancel or say no to things, but I don't. I don't care if someone cancels on me. I'm like, cool. 
I get to, I get more time to myself. We are the best about that. Yeah. But that's so, because we both have good boundaries with that. Yeah. And yeah. And so like, I guess, you know, you're going to run into, but if you have a, if, if you have a relationship with a good person and a good friend or just in general, if they're a good person, you're not going to have an issue with setting boundaries because good people like let you set boundaries. And sometimes it can be uncomfy because it's not what they're used to, or they've been doing it a certain way and you've been letting them. So they didn't know that it was a problem, but like with my uncles and aunts and cousins, it was like, duh, they don't care. They want me to have fun. They want me to live my life. They just wanted to be around me. And if I can't do it, they're fine. Yeah. Like, so anyways, it was a lot of kind of getting over a a mental, like roadblock that I had of like, oh, I can say no. And they're not being able to say no is a, is a power move. Yeah. It's and even, even being able to say no the day of when you've already said yes, Yes. is a double power move because what I've learned with my life in general is that sometimes I need to say no, even after I've committed to something. Sometimes I wake up that morning and I think, I wish I didn't make these plans today. And if you're just like Jenny, like amazing friend, I know that I can text her and say, Hey, (laughs) I've already put my PJs on and I'm not leaving the house. And I hope that's okay. And I would never, Jenny would never be upset with me. No, she's like, no big deal, dude. Like see you another day. (laughs) Yeah. Like even when I was home, remember when I was home, we like didn't, we couldn't see, we like didn't see each other the first day because we were both just like, nah. Yeah. Tired. After work, I was like, huh. And it like the friends that I've had the longest in my life are the ones that let me do what I feel is best for myself. And they're the ones that I want to be around. Like nine times out of 10, the ones that don't put pressure on me or like make me feel guilty for setting boundaries or saying no to something is like, they're the best ones. They're the ones that have stuck with me for so long because our relationship can blossom. Like I have two best friends in particular, Tori and Kaliga, who I've literally known since middle school. And sometimes I don't talk to Tori for actually both of them. Sometimes I don't talk to them for months, like five months. It could be like almost a year. I will, will see each other. Like we have each other in social media and stuff, but actually texting or phone call or whatever, it'll be like once or twice a year. But then when we see each other, it's like no time has passed. We have the best time. and. Most of my friends, I mean, especially the ones that don't live here, even Alexa, my best friend who's pregnant right now, shout out Alexa. I don't talk to her very often, but she's still always going to be one of my best friends. Yeah. And so when I do see her or talk to her, it's like, you know, it fills my heart and we chat and we catch up, but it might be only once a week. And that's kind of a lot because we have a lot going on. She's in law school. She's pregnant. I'm doing other things that are not being pregnant <laughs> and like if she does she live in naples again or no not she's in oh, fort lauderdale she still, lives so in she's the not even here yeah so she lives in a different city but i know uh, there's been times where I, i've known that you are looking like looking forward to seeing her and she'll cancel last minute because of whatever reason and you're totally fine with it because it is fine and she's totally allowed to do that yeah that's exactly how our friendship is too it's kind of I'm enables. Hey, let me see if you can, if not, whatever. But I mean, those are, those are always the best friendships that we have. Yeah. I mean, I love um, that. Okay. So actually speaking of friends, do you have any like examples or like tips for setting boundaries with friends? I have one if you want. Yeah. How about you give that one? Cause I have the next one. So I feel like this story is helpful in the aspect of 
it's very specific and well, actually not really, it's not really specific. It just has to do with, um, I guess like your mental boundaries that you need for when something triggers you, I guess. So a little bit ago, I was going through like some tougher like situations and I had a couple friends that were near me in Naples when I was when it was happening and kind of I went through like some like relationship things and was heartbroken and all this stuff and I kind of went through it with a friend and um so then fast forward like time and space I guess but I you know hadn't been in contact with them as much I moved away I was doing my own thing and then when I talked to them they brought up their ex-boyfriend and that they were thinking about getting back together with them this situation was just very specific because it was like not just like a oh we broke up getting back together thing it's been it was a long thing and it was it's like just mentally draining for everybody involved and it was triggering to me because I had moved and was working really hard towards healing from my past And I felt like I was putting in a lot of work on myself and it was hard and I was unhappy and I was sad and I was feeling all these feelings that are just not fun. But ultimately I was doing what was best for myself. And so it was triggering to me to hear that my friend wasn't doing that. And so I didn't even realize that I needed a boundary there until I like was talking to my therapist and she was just like, it's a like my friend wasn't doing anything wrong. It's her life. She gets to make her decisions, but that doesn't mean that if it's triggering to me, I can't set a boundary there. It doesn't mean that she needs to change. It doesn't mean that anything needs to change that she needs to break up with them or anything. Like she can do whatever she wants. She can get married to whoever she wants. She can date whoever she wants, but took me like being like, Oh, that's triggering to me. So I need to take a step back and just like not talk about that with you it's so easy. That's all, all I had to say. And she was so respectful of it. She was like totally fine about it because it wasn't anything to do with her. It was to do with me and my personal issues that I hadn't dealt with yet. So that is one area that I think people might forget about or not really realize that they need a boundary is like when I leave a situation or a social setting and I'm like, that was, Oh, I feel icky. Like that was just not fun. Like that was triggering to me or whatever it is. Like nine times out of 10, a boundary needs to be set there. Whether it be you don't hang out with that person anymore or did you, did a subject get brought up that you don't like to talk about or, you know, did your opinion, like, was there differing opinion? Cause like subjects like politics and that kind of thing can be heated. So, you know, stuff like that. You, you might not even realize like, oh, if I just didn't, if like we hadn't uh, had that conversation and like my friend Bob <laughs> knew that I didn't want to talk about that, Damn then it, we Bob. could just go to dinner and not talk about that. And it would be a lovely dinner and we would have a great time and I would leave feeling great instead of feeling insecure, angry, irritated, whatever it is, because, you know, you didn't have that boundary set. So it can I be difficult. That. It can be difficult. And it can kind of take some like testing to like kind of figure out what exactly triggers you. But, and then also too, it's so temporary. Like it doesn't have to be forever, but right now, like I needed that boundary and 
and it, who knows, like when I won't need that boundary. I think but- that's normal. I feel yeah. like whenever you're going through something very personal like that, um, especially like a breakup, I feel like that's a normal boundary to have. If I'm heartbroken and I'm going through something and you're sitting there talking about the exact situation in your life going so well, I'd probably yeah. be like, can you please tone it down? Because I feel like you should be able to read the room, but some people you can't going back to the mind reading. You can't, I can't expect you to know that that's upsetting me unless I say, okay, please like, let's not talk about that. I'm a little bit crying on the inside. Yes. Yeah. And also too, some of it is like kind of drawing that line with yourself too, is like it just because that person is out there living. This is a lot on social media. This can be a thing is like, just because that person's out there living their life and I don't agree with what they're doing, but they haven't done anything. Like they have not instigated anything with me, but they're really irritated. Like sometimes our opinions or our feelings about something are just that, and they should just be kept like that. Like not everyone needs to know your opinion on thing. Not everyone needs to know your, your, you know, where you stand on something. Sometimes you just have to remove yourself from a situation because they're just living their life. They're not trying to irritate you. They're not trying to make you sad or angry they're just living their life. So you just need to leave them be. And like, if it irritates you or stresses you out, like just remove yourself from the situation. Wait, you know that, you know, that meme where it's like the Kardashian, she's like, we're just living life. We're just out here, like living life. Living life. We're just living life. I've been doing that a lot lately. So when you did that, I just giggled. Like we're just like living our life. We're just out here like living life, setting boundaries. Okay, darlings. <laughs> Have you ever um, seen that card out? Uh, Chloe, no, not Chloe, Courtney Kardashian. E-D-E-F-G. E-D-E-F-G. I have to go. <laughs> Those are the best. So funny. They're, they're, their quotes from their show are iconic. They're good. They're going to be in the history <laughs> books. Um, but yeah, no, I think like sometimes we just have to get over ourselves. Because I feel like a lot of the time for me is like when I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that. I'm giving myself way too much credit and way too much power. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt their feelings and they don't care. <laughs> like nine times out of 10, they're not going to care. Yeah. Jenny it- is such a sweetheart. I feel as if she, I'm so proud of you because you setting these boundaries, especially with people that are close to you is tough. And I can see that it's tough for you because you are such a good listener and such a good friend to everyone in your life. I can't imagine you, you know, not wanting to fully just immerse yourself in everyone's problems. Cause you're just such like a little empath. You're like, let me feel that for you. But also I have boundaries. So like, let's not talk about that. You know, it's really, it is really it's hard. Gotta be hard. It is hard, but also when I've gone through the process of like learning what a healthy boundary is, Cause for me, it was like zero to a hundred. I'd be like, la di da di da. Yes. Yes. Yes to you. Yes to you. Yes to you. Such a no. yes. <laughs> I would be like a monster would come out and like, it was literally, you became an unhinged boundary woman. You're yes. like all of a sudden a yes woman. And then you just became no, 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 no to everything. No to you. No to that, which is amazing yeah. because I feel like you're going to find a happy medium and it's going to be great now. Yeah. Now I'm just like, okay. That's a terrifying. Note. What what is gonna make me feel good? And also, yeah. what like I do like I do like um being able to help people and serve people and listen to people and give people advice or a hug or whatever they need. But 
um, yeah, it's just finding that happy medium because you really, in order to be able to take care of other people or to be there for other people, you have to first take care of yourself. Absolutely. If you don't, you're just going to be a miserable human being. And I don't want to be that. That's true. Yeah. So anyways, boundaries, guys, boundaries. Very important. Very important. And I, I think that like really covers like my advice because I don't have much advice besides that. Besides just do them if you can. Yeah. It's different for everyone. You Everyone's boundaries have to be different because everyone is so different. But as long as you recognize where your boundaries need to set, where you're feeling burnt out, um, you just got to figure out how you're going to do that. And then you need to be consistent because if you don't communicate them, there's no way the other person's going to know. Yeah. And you have to be like, you have to be confident in yourself, but you also have to follow like what your heart says. So if, if something is difficult for you, but you still, you know, feel good in your heart, like helping an old lady cross the street or something like that, like acts of service where it is, it can acts of service can be draining, especially when like, we don't have families yet. We're not moms yet, but when you're a mom, you can't set boundaries with your kids. They're babies. They can't feed themselves, you know? So there are aspects in your life that you have to kind of like, there's a give and take, but you're the best judge of that. You, you are the only person that knows how you feel. And so just kind of following your gut and your heart and your head and just, yeah, like Grace was saying, like how you feel at the end of the day is super important. And there are going to be tough, like tough times in your life where stuff just like kind of stinks, but you yeah, know. but don't, don't be the person that is lashing out because no. I have found, you know, I realized that at a young, when I was leaving college for sure, I, f- I feel as if I didn't want to be that person that became so frustrated to a point where I was being an angry, mean daughter and sister. I don't want to be that, you know, I want to be like, we were giving, I was such a mean person to my mom. She really got the, the brunt of my, my mom definitely got the, but you know what? I learned that I've, I have learned after kind of watching how my mom handles things. She's not very good with boundaries. And she, the way that she lashes out at me is the way that I learned to lash out at her. So being very self-aware about where you're learning these behaviors, because there's nothing wrong with that. She's doing her best and she absolutely overextends herself for how much she does for our family. And that's why she starts to feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so I've taught her, you know, you need to set boundaries with how much that you do for us, because, you know, you need to take care of yourself before you take care of everyone else in your life, or you're going to keep lashing out. I mean, there's no other way to describe it when you become so angry and you hold everything and you become resentful and you just Mm -hmm. let it out on everyone in your life. Like nobody else deserves that. Nobody else was asking for you to overextend yourself. Like there's nobody else in your life that's going to say, take a step back. Well, I do that for her now, but I say to her, like, take a step back, take care of yourself. And then, you know, you'll take care of everyone else even better. Yeah. It's super true. You're just going to be happier and healthier if you have boundaries. So if you have any situation where you don't know how to set a boundary, DM us on Instagram at darling girls pod and yeah. we'll try and help you. We would love to chat. Yeah. Um, Cause it can be hard and each, each situation is so specific and different, but yeah, there's definitely a right way to do it. There's a, the right way to do it is always with love and mm-hmm. with 
respect and in a very nice way because you never want to do it in anger. Mm-mm. Yeah. But and if you're doing it with love and respect and you're not reciprocated with the same love and respect, then you need to change who you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. I feel like that's a good end note because For sure. it's very true. Yeah. I love it. Well, I hope you have a good week and I hope all the darling girls have a good week and boys, darling girls and boys. Whoever is listening out there. That's why you say welcome. darlings, not. <laughs> I need to yeah, say just more. darlings. Whoever is listening, all the darlings. Um, and yeah, we we would love to hear from you and let us know what you think. If you have any tips for us, we will gladly take them. And we love you guys and we thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Darling Girls podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, you can keep up with us on Instagram at Darling Girls Pod. See you next time.